Welcome to session zero of the Against the Shadows podcast with the Misfit Dice crew. We are a bunch of nerds who like playing D&D, and by D&D we mean Pathfinder, Dawn Edition Wars. And so here I have with me Spencer. Say hi, Spencer. Hello. Ron. Hi. Shiny. Hello. Liz. Hello. And that's it. <laughs> and also and also Nat. Yellow. Who is an important part of our crew, but I still feel the need to tease. It's all good. If you'd like, you can go ahead and skip this episode. It's just going to be us talking about ourselves, the podcast, why we're doing it. There will be some stuff about trigger warnings, so you might want to at least stay around for that. Otherwise, we're glad to have you sticking around. I say session zero. This is not a traditional session zero in an RPG where you talk about character creation and expectations for the campaign, because we've actually already done that, and we will discuss that later on. The first and most important thing that I'd like to bring up is that we are an LGBTQ queer positive podcast and group of people. We bring this up in the first episode as well. Pronouns are important. Respecting them is important. This is something that we all take very seriously, and that's not going to change. So if you have an issue with that, uh, you probably just want to get off here. So I'd like to go around the circle and just have everybody say their name, their preferred pronouns, and their favorite flavor of chili, starting with Spencer, because I realize there's no list, so I just have to say your name. (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm Spencer. I use they, them pronouns. And uh, the only correct brand of chilies is Wolf's No Beans. Right in my soul. Oh, my God. I wasn't prepared for this <laughs> level of sincerity. Oh, yeah. No, I have I have strong feelings about chili brands. And oh, my God. I grew up in an area where uh, we did not have Wolf's uh, brand chili. And so I grew up on Nally brand chili, which is acceptable, but definitely inferior. Uh, and now I live in an area where the one true chili is available on supermarket aisles, and I have been converted. Ron. Okay. Hi. My name is Ron. I go by he, him pronouns. And the only form of chili is a breezy day on the beach. Okay. That is the only brand of chili I will go by, and everything else sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shiny. Hi, I'm Shiny. I use he, him pronouns. And the only correct chili is chili oil, specifically layo, because that is the only thing I will ever have that's spicy. Well, wasabi too. I can't argue with those statements because I don't know what you're talking about. It's the, it's the red chili oil in like Chinese restaurants. No, I, I know what it is. It's I'm good just stuff. feigning ignorance. No, it's very good. It is delicious. It's delicious. Wasabi's not spicy. It's bitter. It, it, it is spicy. Well, I have a it's low a spice tolerance. Spicy. Okay. Like a ridiculously low spice tolerance. Yeah. All right. Anyways. All right. So, Blizz. I'm Liz. I use they, them pronouns, and I have no strong opinions about chili, which is sacrilegious, I know, but it's not a thing I eat. <laughs> okay, tell me, tell us about a food that you have an opinion about. Tamales that are baked in banana leaves are vastly superior to tamales that are cooked in corn husks. I will die on this hill. Fight me. <laughs> Interesting. I would like to try both on a side-by-side taste test. 
but my doctor has said that I'm just a skeleton and the food just goes straight through me. <laughs> Natalie. Yes. I'm Natalie. My pronouns are any pronouns. I don't really care. But you can use she, her. That's fine. And uh, uh, my opinions with chili. Hmm. I don't eat a lot of chili, but I do like a good chili dog. So that will be my answer. Oh my God, you just dunked it. That was that was good. Very good. <laughs> and you threw in a Sonic callback too. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say that. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Andrew and generally people use he, him with me. So you may be asking yourself, why do we do this? I personally do this and it is honestly a lot of work because the players are great. And I listen to a lot of podcasts, primarily actual plays, and I get a great deal of enjoyment out of them. And I hope that you will as well. If anybody wants to chime in about why they are doing this, feel free to do so now. So one of the things that really appeals to me about doing a podcast is the chance to take doing a role-playing game and elevating it to like, gosh, sounding pretentious, but to a, like a higher art form, taking it to a level of like performance instead of just play, giving each other the creative space and freedom and like the permission to really throw ourselves into it, to really try hard, to really embody things, to, to feel things, to make other people feel things, to like experiment with doing this at a more involved, more in-depth, more emotive level. That's one of the things I'm most excited about for this podcast. I want to go. You should go. So the thing I'm most excited about for this podcast is the editing process. So I'm going to be doing, I'm part of the editing team along with Andrew and Spencer. I've done audio editing before, but I've not done audio editing for podcasts. So that's a way for me to expand my skill. Also, this is my first podcast thing ever. I don't listen to podcasts. I have never edited a podcast. I've, I've mentioned I'm not a fan of listening to podcasts because I don't have the attention span. But I am really looking forward to this so that I can experience what it's like to do the podcasting because I think it's a new endeavor and I'm adventurous. And I guess this is an adventure now. I mean, if it is nothing else, this is an adventure. I'm very new to role-playing games and... When I was invited to join this, I just thought it was a really great opportunity to get deeper into these type of games and have fun with a, a group of people that I really enjoy hanging out with. So hopefully that conveys through and uh, everyone has a good time. I'd like to add, Ron is amazing at RPGs for just being new at it. It's like, you've been doing this for 10 years, right? Yeah. And it's like, no. Yeah. He just started. Yeah, it pisses me off. Technically, I've been playing RPGs for over 10 years, and I'm not very good at it, but RPG fun, and that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> first of all, you are great at it, and also, you were in my first terrible game of which we will never speak, <laughs> slash always talk about constantly. It was so, it was so fun. If I could slip a swear in here, I would. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Now, do you want to say anything, or do you just want to 
like have the listeners imagine your super amazing smile right now. Yeah, no, uh, I, w- I won't be mysterious. I'll add on. Um, so I guess the thing that I'm most excited about for this podcast is I am really excited to have like a record of the story that we're going to be making together and have something to look back on. I love taking notes in games and I love drawing art in games and being able to like go back and really like re-experience these stories. And I'm excited to have that just for me personally, but I'm also excited to share that with a bunch of other people as well. So putting a capstone on that, I wouldn't make a podcast that I wouldn't listen to myself. And I really do feel like this is a worthwhile endeavor. And like I said in the beginning, and it's really genuinely true, it is this group of people, this incredible group of people that I'm working with that has continued to inspire me and encourage me and push me forward and say, this is a project worth pursuing. The final thing is that this is going to be a season-based release, at least to begin with. I don't really see weekly or bi-weekly or monthly or whatever to be a realistic standard we can hold ourselves to. But getting into the actual podcast itself and what it's about, this is a horror podcast in the sense that it is a horror adventure or adventure with horror-based themes. But this is a story about heroes, not victims. I think the big difference comes when your protagonist is cornered by a monster instead of screaming and running away or getting messily eaten, they turn around and rip the monster's arms off and beat it to death with them. <laughs> there are some, I guess, deeper themes in this about inter-party relationships and stress and what stress does to adventurers and how adventuring can cause stress. There will be a lot of character change and development, I fully expect some of which comes from the nature of the grim business that you will be working on. And some of this will be from just the interactions of the various characters. I should point out that there are absolutely Lovecraftian themes to this project, to this adventure, many of which will be very overt. And by Lovecraftian, I refer to the Elder Mythos and all of those uh, sort of larger body of works It is worth pointing out that Lovecraft was a racist and a sexist, and even though not everything that came from him was bad and not everything he did was bad, it is important to understand his works within the context. I am not the most equipped to have that entire conversation, nor is it really what our podcast is about, but there are plenty of materials out there, and I would suggest really when doing any sort of tabletop gaming, especially one that has a long history, well, relatively long history like D&D, there are themes that have been passed down that are worth thinking about and thinking about how they affect us. I'm not trying to, you know, make some sort of uh, statement or anything. I just think it's a good thing to keep in mind. And that's something that we're going to keep in mind, particularly myself as the GM, when telling this story to try to be thoughtful. I will admit there's absolutely possibilities that there may be things that are referenced that may come from something that has a source that's not great. I mean, HP Lovecraft had problems. Can I interject real quick? No. Okay. No, go ahead. I just, I think it's important to note that as we've been playing the game so far, as we've been talking about character options and such, we have talked about in-game character I guess racism, speciesism, uh, that is something that is part of some of the characters involved. 
Um, it's usually towards the, the antagonists of the campaign, Knowles in this case, but that is a character choice that some of us have chosen to embrace and explore, thinking about how that comes about, what it looks like. We are being conscious of it, but it is something that is going to be a part of at least some of the characters in the podcast, at least as we've talked about it so far. Is that fair? That is a very good point, Spencer. I would add race, racial essentialism is a whole thing in D&D, and I'm not even going to try to get into that, but it's worth looking up, uh, which is to say, why are orcs bad and humans and elves good? And in this adventure, one of the at least beginning um, antagonists are gnolls, and you will, assuming you survive or don't lose your minds and eat each other, which is what I hope happens. But assuming that we get to that point, and I certainly hope we do, you will get better insight into Noel culture and sort of their perspective on things, even though some of the characters themselves may genuinely see Noles as just dangerous creatures that don't have any redeemable traits. I had people consider playing a uh, Noel character. It's a deeper topic that I'm, I'm thinking a lot about with my character now. And I should have probably given it more thought beforehand. I think at some point, even if it's just after maybe the first season, we are going to revisit and re-talk about things. And there will be things that you, as players and also as your characters, learn about the world that may change the way that you see things. One of the things that drew me to this adventure is the taking of very, very classic D&D tropes and twisting of them. In regards to content, there is going to be some very dark content in this. It is, uh, it has themes of horror. Some of that is cosmic horror, but there will be other kinds of horror as well. I have talked to all of my players, as anyone who is running anything that expects to run into any sort of content like this should, about what is triggering to them. And we have a good open dialogue even then, after every session, particularly one where something like that comes up, checking in with the players is important whenever there's anything that's intense one way or another. I can't tell you all of the triggering content. We will do our best to warn people if there's triggering content in advance. But if you do listen to this podcast, be advised, we are going to go some pretty dark places. And even with the first episode, we saw that. I think everyone in the, the group can attest to that. Yeah. And now to what everybody has been waiting for this whole time, especially me. This is a podcast that has swear words in it. And I am not going to tell people whether swearing is good or bad, but it is something that this group does. I had considered releasing an edit that didn't have any swears in it, which would be a lot of work. I considered minimizing the swears, but the fact is we are dealing with potentially R-rated territory here. In terms of descriptions, and so there's going to be swearing in this podcast. And if that's a, a problem, you probably shouldn't listen. And you probably shouldn't be listening to this with small children. So we are not 2E veterans. Um, we are going to get stuff wrong. I've been playing it for about maybe a year and a half, two years. And even then, it hasn't been full-time so this is going to be a little bit of a learning curve for all of us as well. We will do our best to play by the rules. We are also going to use some house rules. Some of this may develop as we go by time. Probably the most prominent one that's come up in our play is how splash damage works for thrown splash weapons. That's like acid and alchemist fire. 
we have an alchemist in the party, and the alchemist would very much like not to be screwed over. Who is it? And there are some weird interactions. So we are basically making the splash of a weapon just target all the squares around it as opposed to no all the squares around the creature that is targeted. Yes, yes. And if that means nothing to you, that's okay. It's not really that important. But there's someone out there who's very angry. And to them, I say, really? This is the hill that you die on? The thing is, I bet like they'd be more mad because they're like, you're making it harder for yourself. You're making it harder for yourself. And I'm like, no, we're not. (laughs) I don't think it's that much harder. Yeah, I don't think it is. I have no follow-up to that. I just don't think it's that much harder. (laughs) I don't either. I think it's weird that you throw an alchemical weapon on, you know... uh, A A giant creature. A giant creature, and it hits everything around it. I just think that's messed up. (laughs) That's the main house rule that I can think of. There's probably going to be some stuff with hero points and how that works with the episodic nature. And I will also try very hard to remember that they exist, because that is like my blind spot. So I will have the players saying, hey, is that worth a hero point? That's not them being greedy. That's them reminding me. I would like to interject that it is me being very greedy. (laughs) Well, yes. I I was about to say, it might be us being greedy, too. (laughs) They are also very greedy. (laughs) We thought a lot about what system we were going to use. And Paizo is a great company. They have really worked to bring minorities to the table and disenfranchise people to the table. I think that they make a really great game, and I think that second edition is going to be a really good fit for this particular game. It's also just a lot of fun, and if you haven't tried it, whether you have no idea what Pathfinder second edition is, you're a uh, first edition purist, or you don't even know what I'm talking about, and you were listening to a completely different podcast and accidentally ended up here, you should try Pathfinder second edition. It's a lot of fun. I'm not getting paid to say this. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, legitimately, I'm not getting paid to say this. God, that would be nice. How do we live in that timeline? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to get to the, the shilling to uh, Paizo at the end. <laughs> Let's not jump the gun here. Paizo, pre- please love me. So we had previously discussed the editing process. And while all of us are in one way or another fairly new to the editing process, we have done our best to get decent quality microphones, provide sound editing software that will do a decent job and make this listenable from the first episode, but we are going to get better. That is a guarantee unless it doesn't happen. (laughs) In which case, I will take your podcast bucks and run. (laughs) The Against the Shadows podcast, which I think is a really cool name, is based on an adventure called The Black Plains, It was written by, and by written, I mean it's actually unfinished, work in progress, by a random internet stranger that I met, and I thought it was really, really cool. So I asked this person if I could use it. They go by the Great Watt on the Paizo forums. They did not want me to use their real-life person name, so I'm not going to. If that changes, I'm more than happy to do so. The credit for writing the adventure upon which I am basing our adventure goes entirely to them and their very cool ideas. That said, I'm converting it to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. They wrote it in 1st Edition. And there's going to be a lot of changes that I'm going to make. 
and that's before my players start running off the rails. Spoilers, there are no rails. It is also worth mention, we did a prequel campaign of about 10 episodes with three bonus episodes with these characters, which is why they seem to know each other. It was a lot of fun, but it seemed important to me not just to build that rapport, but also our familiarity with recording, with each other, and by God, the technical aspects. It was well worth just alone for figuring out all of the strangeness there. I'm hoping that someday we can edit and release those, but that is not my immediate plan. They are even rougher than what we have here, though I'm fully planning to have a pretty smooth product by the end of when we finish editing. This adventure has a beginning and a planned end. The end is not necessarily how it ends, but that it ends. There is a story arc. It will be very much defined by the players. I very much believe in character-driven action. I think that's more interesting, and that's what makes collaborative storytelling so cool. But this will come to an end someday, and I hope very much to get there. That is the plan. I don't want to spoil too much more from that, but this is not an open-ended series that will go on forever. I have a fairly good idea of the first couple of arcs where they begin and end, but once you bring players into the mix, who knows what's going to happen. We're problems. You are the best kind of problems. We're proud of it. I do want to mention in terms of characters that there may very well be character death in this adventure. I killed Ron's character no less than three times, spoilers, in the prequel campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Not an exaggeration. There were also other character deaths. This is not meant to be a grinder through which we just throw characters. And in fact, character death does not mean the end of that character. Each time that it happens, it will be a big deal. Well, hopefully, if you do everything right, nobody dies. But realistically... Bad things happen, especially when you're dealing with Elder Gods. And so, one, we will probably see character death, and we may even see characters that do not continue. And those that do will certainly be affected by death. So if you have an issue with the idea of dead characters coming back, if permadeath is the one true way, I have bad news for you. That's not in this one. Necessarily. We will uh, we will burn that bridge as we cross it. <laughs> Can you set fire to hell? If it's possible, you will try. So for this next part, if folks want to give out any online info. My Tumblr and Twitter are both um, shiny pixis. That's spelled S-H-I-N-Y-P-Y-X-I-S. And I do a lot of pixel art. And I also talk about weeb stuff all the time. So Follow me if you want. I'm more active on Tumblr than Twitter, but that may change. Who knows? As for me, if you are looking for some weeb art and some original art and some OC art, you can find all of those things on my Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Etsy, whatever, all going under the username of Dearlet, D-E-E-R-L-E-T-T-E, or Dearlet Art. Uh, Spelled the same way, just add art on the end. Um, You should be able to find me everywhere with that. Or just go to dearlet.com and you can find an index to all those links there. Look, I'm I'm still trying to figure out my whole online presence. So when I decide for real and make stuff, then we can mention my links. 
I would like to add that a fair amount of the art that is on our website comes from these three incredibly talented individuals, like mind-blowingly awesome art, so you should check it out. We're not really looking to put up a Patreon or anything like that. I'm more than happy to point people in the direction of these very talented individuals, but we're just not trying to do something along those lines. We are all lucky enough to have jobs, except for in the case of Blizz, who just steals from banks, I think. That's a job. It's hard work. Hell yeah. (laughs) There are a lot of charities out there that could really genuinely use uh, your money, as well as a lot of really cool projects out there and Patreons. I don't really need to tell anyone that. You're probably more than well aware. But positive, encouraging words, emails, hitting us up on our Discord, all of these things would be appreciated. We will have in the outro some more information about the very talented person who created the music for our podcast. Oh, yeah. Who, honestly, I'm kind of blown away by. You can find the creator of our lovely music on Twitter as Cyan Beats. Uh, So it's spelled C-Y-A-N-B-E-A-T-S. And they also have a SoundCloud under the same username, as well as a commiss.io, where you can also commission songs of your characters. They do theme music. I've got a couple up there as well. I would like to shout out one particular podcast. There are a lot that I really enjoy. They are called Find the Path, spelled how you would expect. Their website is find-path.com. Find the Path Ventures is their group name, and they inspired me when I had pretty much given up. They are really cool people. They have a Discord and a Patreon. I don't do that a lot, but I am a Patreon of theirs. So I'm very serious when I say if you like cool stuff that is Pathfinder related, they do Pathfinder 1st and 2nd edition. They are also very LGBTQ friendly. They also don't have swears. They edit out their swears. So if you're looking for a podcast that doesn't have swears in it, but does have people rolling dice and isn't the one that everybody knows about on Twitch, we shall not name the name of Matt Mercer. Um, Too late. You just did that. (laughs) uh, Then give them, uh, check them out. They're super cool people. If everybody just wants to go around the horn and describe your character briefly in mechanical terms, and then describe your character in character terms, personality. So with that in mind, I'm going to make Ron go first because you said words. Uh, So I'm Ron. I'm playing Char, who is a hobgoblin ranger. I sit in the back and and shoot bow. I am going to be trying to play the character in the most loves his friends and will do anything for them kind of way because friends are his family. Oh, he, him. Same as my pronouns, which are he, him. Okay, Nat. You've also said words, so it's you. So I will be playing Fulcrum, the cat folk, who is an alchemist. He's real laid back, kind of has a chill, lazy personality to him. And his pronouns are he, him. As far as how I will be playing him, he's smart, but maybe he's a little bit too full of himself. We'll see what he learns along the way. So... The character I play, his name is Amber. He is a little fungus, fleshy witch, which means that 
Well, unless she is a nature spirit. And a fungus is a mushroom. And he's mushroom shaped. Yes, he he is a he is a mushroom shaped nature spirit who made a pact with some nature spirit thing. I don't know what it is. Andrew knows. I don't. And he is very nice and also very clingy and innocent. I'm looking forward to seeing that innocence shatter. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he'll just burrow deeper and deeper into it, into denial. Maybe. One of the two. I'm excited. Corruption arc one. I mean, I guess it's important to note that Amber and Char are very close. They're very close. They're great friends. And Amber is not a huge fan of Fully. I'm sorry, Fully. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Amber also got threatened to be made into soup a couple times. Not by Fully. Not by Fully. That was that was uh, Kamar, I believe. Very much so. Not nearly as many times as you've threatened to eat your familiar, Chelsea. <laughs> yes, my beautiful familiar, Chelsea. She is a flying squirrel. She was sent to, well, her f- full name is Chelsea Chestnut of the Viridian Quarry, if I remember correctly. But we, everyone just calls her Chelsea. She's a flying squirrel sent to Amber by his patron. And as I've kind of not really mentioned, but like just said, Amber's pronouns are he, him, Chelsea's are she, her. And Chelsea is voiced by Andrew. That's correct. So that means that often Chelsea will do things that you do not want Chelsea to do. But here we are. That's fine. Blizz. Okay, so I am playing the character of Bidouin. Bidouin uses he, him, she, her, they, them, any and all pronouns. I usually default to they, them, because, again, those are my pronouns, and I think it's easier for people if it kind of matches up. Bidouin is a Kyle Fetchling. They don't really talk about their past that much, but they've been on the material plane for a while. Ended up tagging along as Kamar's, insert quotation marks, squire. And yeah, they don't have much of a relationship with the other party yet because they're a little bit suspicious of everything and everyone. All right, Spencer, take us home. So I am playing Kamar. Kamar is a Tengu. They have a lot of brains. They have a lot of brawn. They have a lot of attitude problems. They have a lot of deeply, deeply repressed childhood trauma, which is definitely not slowly driving them crazy. They have a friendly working relationship with Biddy. Highly, what's the word? Not contentious. Bickering? Yeah. It involves a lot of bickering, a lot of arguing about who's going to carry what. They are friendly co-workers with Char. They've done the work of violence before. Kamara is someone who thinks very highly of themselves and their skills and oftentimes will try to take charge of situations and has no problem overriding other characters or at least attempting to and impressing their ideas about what should happen onto the group. So for this last part, I would like you to briefly explain what happened at Yorin's Ford to a needlessly gruff member of the Silver Guard, Uh-oh. officer of the Silver Guard. So you find yourselves in a barracks. It is ill-lit, and there is a single tired officer of the Silver Guard, one of their ranger units. He simply has a silver patch of a shield on his shoulder, and otherwise browns and greens. As he looks over you, this is not the first time that you've tried to explain what it was that happened on your most recent 
adventure. And again, why you should be paid this additional bounty that they had not put out. <sighs> All right. Start from the top, Catboy. So, as you may remember, because <laughs> I do. <laughs> Let's just get one thing straight. I absolutely remember who this was that we talked to. <sighs> so, as you remember, Council of Elders. Yarnsford, Mother Ariadne, Hobgoblin Akedi, all these people. They live in Yarnsford. They're big, big head haunches over there. They had let us know that, you know, some caravan had gotten lost out on the road and they were a little worried about them. So they hired us to go check it out. They'd heard some like fishy stuff. And well, we decided to go take a look, see, and maybe bring some folks back who were a little lost on their path. So we did. We headed that way. Found some mysterious clues along the way. And eventually found ourselves, you know, approaching the site of what seemed to be kind of a massacre of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here, folks? Help me out here. You're looking for the word slaughter. There was a slaughter at the caravan. There were turned over uh, caravan wagons. There were dead horses. There were dead people. That. Not a whole lot of dead gnolls. Although all of the indications were that Knowles were the ones who attacked the caravan, we investigated and the dead arose and started to attack us, meaning that the Knowles had a necromancer of some kind able to create the moving dead. But no, that didn't stop us. Well, no, of course not. <laughs> he narrows his eyes, looks over to Char. You, Pariah, can you confirm all of this? Yep, they they rose from the ground, they attacked us, they almost got that one over there, and... Which one? Which one? It's dark in here. The squirrel. <laughs> they tried to eat the squirrel? Yeah, what? Look at that. Look at that squirrel. It's tasty, okay? They tried to eat that squirrel. Don't eat Chelsea! I feel like now you're just trying to distract me, but continue. Anyway, so, they rose... We killed, we looked around for clues, found some tracks, we followed the tracks to Yorn's Ford, saw some knoll lookouts. So you're saying you went back to the town? Not Yorn's Ford, what was it? The, the fort, Char. The fort, sorry. Look, there's an old watch fort. It's mean, no, it's- guys, hmm? we forgot the orcs! The orcs are not important. No doubt they are important. They they helped us. They are important because they come back later in the story. It's a helpful tool for later on in the story. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Fulcrum. That doesn't mm -hmm. need to be in the official whatever. We met these orc ladies. They were really nice to us. I think they were sisters, maybe lovers, one of the two. I'm not sure. Um, important but, differentiation, but we don't quite remember it. Yeah, we don't, we don't remember, but they helped us. And, and then we went to the fort. The man puts his head in his hands. <laughs> I will say, I do not think those orc ladies are going to help us at first. I do think they were going to kill us. But if it wasn't for my masterful speaking capabilities and navigating that situation flawlessly, we, we, you know, we would not have survived this whole adventure. I'm just saying. I don't know. I think it had something to do with our good looks and charm, personally. I think it was the fact that they thought Kamar was insane and fortunately found that hilarious instead of threatening that may have gotten us through that situation. But what do I know? Go to hell. Okay, so you met some orcs in the hinterlands and foothills 
which are full of orcs. Please continue. Miss Silverguard may be interested to know that there are apparently no warbands wandering outside of the Badlands now. There was a group of them. Uh, we counted 30 plus. They had something large, something very strong, something that had a two-handed sword, something that was probably giant-related. Apparently, just wandering out in the wilderness, you might want to pass that on to whoever you give this report to. Anyways. Well, no need to pass that on anymore, seeing as we stepped in to take care of things, but continue. You killed all 30 gnolls, the giant, and whoever had the two-handed sword, presumably also a gnoll. We did a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah. No, we did almost none of that. We found a fort where they were encamped. We attempted to sneak our way in. Oh, shit. Failed miserably. Got eaten. Got attacked by the remnant that they had left behind. Freed the people that we had been sent to to rescue. Not all of us got eaten, first of all. Only I got eaten. Okay? Remnant is a very, very bold way of saying there was a hyena dawn. There was a ogre. Yes. Mm? Yes. Yep. There was a ogre. And there was also probably like five to ten, I don't remember the exact numbers, probably ten, I would say, uh, other gnolls just hanging out. There were four gnolls. Ten, like I said. Pretty ballsy stuff. Also, Char made friends with the ogre. I thought you said you killed the ogre. We did! I made friends with him, then he attacked us, then he ate me, and then I cut myself out of his stomach. Honestly, that's kind of how most ogre friendships go, so that's far for the course. So, are you aware of that old fort? Yes. Did you know that it was built on, like, ancient cultist altars? You're gonna have to slow down there, first of all. Okay. Thing number one. We do know that there are no war bands out from the Badlands. Thank you for letting us know that they're this far. Thing number two. We are aware of the abandoned Silver Guard fort. It wasn't necessary. Apparently, it might be necessary again. But most importantly, number three. What? So there is a trap door embedded in the floor of the fort, or I guess the ground since it's outdoors. It leads to an underground cavern, the system of caves with water inside statues to gods of some kind and cultists. Not just any kind. Yeah. Specifically. <laughs> Luckily, I have the mind as sharp as a knife. What the fuck is the name of that goddess? <laughs> his eyebrow is raising as though it's trying to migrate to the back of his head. <laughs> I don't know. It was some weird foreign god. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a real thing. But continue. While this is happening, Bidouin's eyes are just slowly glazing over and they start rocking back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Biddy got it bad. By Biddy, you mean the one who's falling asleep over there? Anyway, lo and behold, down there we find a necromancer causing some problems on purpose. A knoll necromancer? (laughs) Yes. Strange. A knoll necromancer. Very strange. Were they a cleric? To be honest with you, we didn't get the chance to talk chit-chat too much with them as they were starting to attack us really fast. Were they carrying an unholy symbol? Yeah. Okay, then they were most likely a cleric. It's not unheard of. Were you there? You want to tell the story? Huh? 
Sure. We're telling you the story here. You're asking us questions. <sighs> Continue. <laughs> like we were saying, defeated her, no problem. Uh, managed to save a couple more of our wonderful car- caravans, safe and sound, safe and sound. Um, and we were heading out to go take care of everyone else. But we noticed that something wasn't right with the statue. So what did we do, Char? Well, I, I mean, we went over. I went over to deface it. Um, probably and, wasn't and Char, Char. We didn't. No, we are. We respect other cultures. We went over there to just see what was going on because something looked funny over there. Like hell, we respect weird old gods. <laughs> <laughs> we respect other cultures at this house, <laughs> and we don't mess with things that we don't understand. <laughs> I literally could not care less. I don't know what they were doing, but I was trying to take the prisoners back home. Yeah, those of us with good sense were attempting to leave with the people that we had been paid to rescue. We have good sense? Sure, <laughs> yes. Does, does that hurt to say, Kamar? Did, did it hurt your soul? I, I'm put in the unfortunate position where either I call myself an idiot or I admit that Amber did something right. Fulcrum puts one one paw on the silver guard's shoulder, kind of leans in for a second, and be like, "Excuse me for one second. I need to get, have a little chat, clear up some of the final details with my uh, compatriots over there. One second. and then like goes over to the group and sort of like gathers them off to the side. Don't touch me, guys, guys, guys. Listen, I feel like you know this is the part where we should probably be painting a really good picture of ourselves, so they pay us this bounty. Am I right? Like, let's. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was telling them we were doing the job they paid us to do. Yeah, yeah. Let's tone it down on the, like, defacing and not knowing what was going on and that sort of thing. Don't you think? Eh? Eh? Uh, okay. Okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> didn't we touch? There was, like, a painting on the back wall or, like, didn't someone touch it? Or I don't remember. What happened? Yeah, it shattered our minds. Yeah, 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 that one. You know that I can hear you from here. It's not a very big room. Yeah, I know. I don't know why he did this. <laughs> We're just trying to get the details right, my good sir. He's a... S- yes. My good f- my good fellow. My pronouns are he, him. My good friendo. My good fellow. My fellow kindred I, soldier I will friend. accept this. Yes. He yes. pulls out some paperwork and starts doing it while you're having your conversation. We don't need to worry about all those details. That, like, will scare them off. We should just, you know, and maybe a little bit of embellishment on, like, you know, some of the spookier stuff that happened down there to make us look good so that they give us this bounty. What do you think, guys? You mean, like, how we got choked and eaten? Well, yeah, exactly. Precisely, even. Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay. All right. Oh, good, you're back. (laughs) So... As I'm crossing the bridge to go see what's going on with the statue, from beneath bursts this huge ball of flesh. And it's just eyes, teeth, and frickin' weird tentacles, okay? I, I narrowly escaped, and then I, I totally ran across it. Wait, stop. You did what? I ran across it. I feel like you just started a sentence that was... A giant ball of eyes, tentacles, and teeth, flesh thing, appeared. And then you followed that sentence with, 
and then I ran across it. I'm just making sure I heard you properly. Yeah, so it busts up. Okay. You know, it's it's tall. And obviously, the, I'm on the other side of the bridge. Everyone else is on the other side where I can't be with them. So I ran across this ball of flesh. Okay. I thought I misheard. Fell into its mouth. You know, as one does. They fall into mouths sometimes. It began to try to eat me. That was the second time I was eaten that day. And uh, I escaped. And, you know, uh, we through cunning and just sheer force of will, we, we beat this thing uh, as a team. Because we're very talented and skilled. You, Kyall, Biddy, I think your friend said. Do you have any uh, thoughts on what happened? I try not to think about it. That's probably the most reasonable thing I've heard this entire time. Marlene's in. They got the worst of uh, a really bad curse. Messed with their head a little bit. I'm very sorry. It's fine. They can still carry things just fine. The eyebrow begins to migrate again. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to point out that Bidouin has very, very tiny, delicate wrists. (laughs) (laughs) You're like holding a spoon and like having trouble. <laughs> no, no, that's just, that's me. Yeah, that's I'm bliss. sorry, that's just you personal. <laughs> he turns over the look of exasperation on his face, somehow getting even more intense to Amber. Do you have anything to add? I know that you are a respected resident of Joran's Ford, and if anybody here clearly knows what happened, it's you. Well, we saved who we could, but we did find one body from someone there. I think they were tied down or turned into soup. Not like me. I was not turned into soup, thankfully. Noted. We we saved people. We fought a flesh monster. I think that flesh monster wasn't weren't, weren't those the guards that went missing? I think it was. We did have a contingent missing from that fort good at least a decade ago. We saw the armor, didn't we? Like in the water? Yeah, Silver Guard uniforms. That is strange. I guess it's just been sitting down there, pruning it up in the water. Yeah, so we took care of that problem for you. Because eventually you're going to go back there and retake the place. And if one of you guys had gone down there, you know, they would have disappeared. Then another person goes down, they disappear. Before you know it, there's, you know, everyone's dead. So, yeah, you totally owe us. Also, and I'm just saying, I died. I was dead for like 10 minutes. I came back. That's how dedicated we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Char died! His face does not change. Char died! You owe us for that! That's true, actually. I mean, and granted, we didn't actually have to go through with the funeral, but generally funeral expenses would be expected. There'd be little compensation, right? Do any of the rest of you have any closing arguments? We went on the mission as expected, which was only to locate and report back on the location of the missing caravan. We not only found the caravan, we risked our own lives in mortal peril, retook an old Silver Guard fortress, rescued all of the captives, fought unknown horrors that have been previously completely unknown, and returned most everyone safe and sound. 
we were guaranteed hazard pay in the contract. So all told, we went above and beyond. Also, as a side note, as the gnolls were habitating that place, they looted most everything. Uh, so the things we found were empty. We could not reclaim any items for the Silver Guard. He looks at all of you, unblinking for a moment, and then sighs longly yet again. All right, here's my closing argument, which I've been trying to tell you for this past half hour. I don't have any money! (laughs) (laughs) Your contract was with the Council of Elders. Go bother them. If you want a further bounty, go talk to somebody in Kess. Wait, I thought you were... I literally don't have any money. You're not the representative from the Yorin's Ford? No, you just walked in here. <laughs> God damn it. I don't even know why you're here. Biddy! <laughs> why were you asking us questions then? You came in here and told me your long story about how you needed to get paid, and I thought I might as well get a little bit of intel off of it, but I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm not sure I believe anything you said. But we're truthful. We're so truthful. You wasted my time. I'm going to speak to your supervisor. Ah. <laughs> uh, I am the supervisor. Well, shit, fine. (laughs) If you want to talk to my commanding officer, feel free to make the 150-mile journey to Kess. I'm sure they'll send a letter back. (sighs) Biddy, grab my stuff. We're going. For what it's worth. And he takes the paperwork he was working on and says, if half of what you said is true, if you can get it signed off on by the people that you saved and the Council of Elders... This would be useful information for the Silver Guard proper, and I think that would be worth some amount. Here, and he hands you the piece of paper, is my personal recommendation that you be paid for your efforts. Oh. There is, however, a condition that you do not darken the door of this really awful barracks ever again. And if you do decide to tell a story, please, please try to at least act like you weren't just given like two minutes to prepare. We had three. Kamar puts a leg in front of Amber, <laughs> gives a mock salute and says, sir, yes, sir. Darkening doorstep. Termination. See ya. Betty, we got to find out who's got the cash. You said this was the cash office. And you find yourselves in a tavern in Kess. A year later, a drunken fulcrum is explaining the entire situation all the way to the end of that to the barkeep who is doing her best to pretend to pay attention. And that's why they call us the Yorin's Five. And scene. Scene.
The Against the Shadows podcast is a Misfit Dice production. The Against the Shadows podcast is adapted from the Black Plains Adventure by the great Watt from the Paizo Forums with his express permission and converted into Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Pathfinder 2nd Edition is a product of Paizo Incorporated and is copyrighted by Paizo. Misfit Dice Productions is not affiliated with Paizo in any way. Disclaimer. This disclaimer is not a legal disclaimer. Music in Against the Shadows is created by Cyan Beats. Check them out at soundcloud.com slash cyanbeats. Ambient music is by Tabletop Audio. Check them out at tabletopaudio.com. If you want to get in touch with the Misfit Dice crew, visit our website at misfitdice.com, email us at misfitdicepod at gmail.com, or tweet at us at misfitdicepod. We have a link to our Discord on our website and Twitter. That's our 10 seconds of silence, folks. We did it. Huzzah! Great synchronization. <laughs> well, everyone, you thanks for coming. It's been great. <laughs> All right, that's the podcast. Good job, guys. All right, All right. let's go, guys. We Bye. did good job. Great work at the podcast factory. <laughs> Don't forget to clock out. Eight days on Friday. Next time, episode two, we snap. Yes. That's a quick, that's a quick turnaround. All right, welcome to session zero of the Black Plains. Fuck, damn it. Now <laughs> <laughs> well, listen here. One dollar into the swear jar. <laughs>